1: Hey PPC friends, it's another episode of PPC Rock Stars, and uh, we've got on the show one of our favorite and your favorite rock stars—the um, person I always introduce as the the um, only Belgian person I know. But I, I know other Belgian people, and they, I'll, I'll call him my favorite Belgian person. And of course, you know that it's Frederic Van Hello, Fred.
2: Hey David, thanks for having me on again, and uh, thanks for still having me as, as your top Belgian in the world. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, I, I guess that's not even what you said right That's how it goes nowadays like you know, whatever title after you uh, say something nice about me. Well,
1: <laughs> it's all true has the, ben, the the additional benefit of being true. Thank and thank, thanks also for um, participating in the first um, paid search association conference a couple weeks ago went very well, had a lot of uh, good participation, and um, for listeners who want to, who missed it, um, actually, as of this taping, we don't yet have have the sessions posted, but they will be posted on the Paid Search Association website, which is paidsearch.org, and uh, a lot of great uh, sessions with all of your favorite uh, PPC rock stars. So um, do try to catch Yeah, that them. was a lot of fun. It really yeah, was. Definitely
2: catching. And some of the feedback I heard was, uh, people certainly enjoyed the presentations that folks gave, uh, the experts. But then what was really fun was at the end of every five or so sessions, all the experts would just kind of have a chat or a debate with each other. Um, and that's where it got really lively and we got into yep. some different topics. So, uh, So that was fun. Yeah. Um, and I'll do a shameless plug here at the beginning too, but that's kind of the format that we're trying to follow in that PPC town hall. So when the whole pandemic started, we, we basically said, listen, nobody has been here before. Like our whole industry, we're always out there talking about best practices and what's working and what's not working. But like, honestly, nobody has answers at this point. So the best we can do is share information. So we just started doing uh, these weekly calls with three panelists and, back and forth and just talk about whatever's on people's minds. And uh, we just did one on B2B. We're gonna do one on e-commerce. Um, and it's just been really fun. Like you get mm-hmm. the next person in the room to chat and learn some good stuff that way. Eh?
1: That's right. And the, and the attendees get to ask questions and get the answers right away. So it's it's like a, uh, you know, uh, when I do presentations at physical conferences, my favorite part is always the Q and A because there's, there's interaction, Uh, You get to hear what's really on people's minds. You get people coming up to you afterward and saying, saying, thank you for that answer. It's been bugging me for years, you know, that kind of thing. So uh, I really like the Q&A that we do. Um, And that's so
2: much fun. And, And like for me, like I miss the travel because travel and going to conferences is such a big part of what I do. And at this point, unfortunately, a bunch of things were postponed to later this year. But even at this point, everything's basically just canceled for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it definitely changes what I do. And some of my favorite parts of going to conferences is, you know, the people that you've been seeing now 10, 15, 20 years, and you just meet in the hallways and right. you talk about PPC, but you also talk about life and, and kind of what, what's fun in these PPC townhouses. It's these same people. And imagine you are uh, you get to be a fly on the wall right. during these hallway conversations, uh, but also see a couple of questions in there to make sure they talk about what you actually care about. So uh, you know, I'm getting used to the, the new normal of more Zoom calls, more sitting in my house. I've actually cleaned up my office; made it look really nice. <laughs> nice. Um, I, have, I haven't done so well on the soundproofing component yet, but uh, you know, maybe we'll get there at some point.
1: Right, right. Well, um, I look forward to doing more with the with the paid search association. I can see doing um, uh, the interaction part was was as you just said was it was really precious. Yes. Hey, let's get to our topic today. To um, we, we have spoken together about, uh, oh boy, a lot of topics, but um, rec- most recently a lot about automation. And uh, I thought we would share with the audience our uh, opinions and experiences with the various uh, flavors of automated bid management today. And um, there, are, there are many options, and Microsoft has gotten into the game and, and is now offering uh, their own variety. So um, let's just uh, chat about it a little bit. I have my first uh, kind of open question: is um, it seems that return on ad spend (ROAS), uh, bid automation, and CPA bid automation, cost per acquisition, um, targeted cost per acquisition, bid automation are the two most popular. Do you think that's because they um, operate most, uh, operate best, people get the best results from it? Or is it just because it's uh, it's so easy to understand and map uh, those two flavors to overall account strategy?
2: Yeah, I think it's a bit of the latter. It just, it maps the closest to what the actual business goal is. And it maps very close to how, for a long time now, PPC specialists have been talking to their clients. Um, And so it's easy, right? Because you've been talking to your client for years and you know that they're happy at a $20 cost per acquisition. And so now you have an automated system where that's basically the dial that you set is get me as many conversions as you can at a cost of around $20 CPA, and you turn it on and you just start it running, and I think that's why it's so popular. But but I think people, that also advertisers, make mistakes in terms of taking a set it and forget it approach. Maybe not managing it actively enough. Maybe not doing some of the prerequisites um, that make these systems work really well. Um, and so I think they're popular. and They're also popular, by the way, because. They also work really well because they have auction time bidding capabilities whereas some of the other bid management automations are a bit more basic um, and might not set bids at every single auction for every single query that comes in.
1: I didn't know that. So which, which ones do not have
2: auction time automation? Yeah, well, and it's a sort of this complicated mapping where I think even Google can't really agree and we've posted it up on the Optimizer blog. Uh-huh. Um, There's something like Maximize Clicks, I believe, uh, one of the simpler ones. Yep. Kind of sets bids ahead of, and then it just runs with those bids and periodically goes and updates the maximum CPC and then uh-huh. it runs with that a bit and then it sees is that doing better or worse and then it keeps adjusting from that whereas something like target cost per acquisition and target ROAS, what they do is they look at every single search that happens on Google and they take into account in real time the factors like what did the user type into the search box, where is this user located, what has this user done in the past, device, geography, time of day, all of these factors and based on that Google immediately says okay we're bidding three dollars and 72 cents for this potential click Whereas milliseconds later, somebody else goes and does a search, but from a different place on a different device. And now they're like, we're willing to bid $6.53 for this one. right? Right? And so it's these real-time decisions that then, and the way they obviously do it is they say, well, what's the predicted conversion rate? What is the predicted amount of sale we will get if this user goes and clicks on the ad? Um, And so all of that is based on a huge, complicated, artificial intelligence, machine learning system um, but what's cool is that in real time, they actually set the bids based on what that machine learning system thinks is going to happen.
1: Gotcha. Okay, so kind of related to this, um, I, I have a, I have a superstition that uh, I want you to, to be honest and, and debunk if the superstition is, is crazy. And that is that um, when I have a client with uh, a very fixed budget, a very uh, strict f- fixed monthly budget, and, um, we're getting toward the end of the month. And I, I I'm talking about clients for whom I have, uh, let's say CPA targeted, um, bid automation. When it's getting toward the end of the month and we have X dollars left, and I'm saying like the last week, last, uh, four days or so, um, I will at times switch it, switch the bid automation to uh, maximize clicks. And the, the, uh, the um rationale is, uh, and this could be you know totally crazy, is that I really wanna drive as much traffic as possible to the site and, and maximize the likelihood that um, it'll convert or, or I will get conversions just based on sheer uh, number of visitors. Um, and that the CPA based automation um, won't do as good a job at getting the maximum number of, uh, of conversions. So is, is, is that totally crazy, or is there a grain of possibility?
2: Possible? It's, it's, it's only a little bit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, it's not crazy at all. And again, this is really complicated, right, because there's so mm-hmm. many factors in play here. But basically what you're saying is you have a budget-constrained situation. If you go to target cost for acquisition bidding, and things have been working pretty well, and you come down to that last week, and we could just keep going at that same level and get another hex conversions. Well, you're kind of tying the system down in some cases. You Mm -hmm. might have a lot of exact match keywords. You might have narrow geographic targeting. You might have other things that limit, and you might have a lot of negative keywords, right? Mm -hmm. So you're really telling the system, here's what we've done in the past. Here's what's been working. Let's just continue doing more of that. Um, and over time that can be detrimental, right? Because consumer behavior shifts and landing pages change and, and, and things just change and that impacts conversion rates and that impacts what kind of queries maybe would have worked well for you. Right. Uh, and so what you're doing by switching that last week to maximize clicks, you're basically taking the reins off of the system and saying, go at it, you know, go get us some clicks even if these clicks might be horrendous quality in your estimation but we're willing to be proven wrong. And and now you might actually find some nuggets of gold within that. You might find a lot of dirt that doesn't amount to much, but it's just that fact of building up new queries and helping the machine learning system discover new elements uh, that might actually be beneficial in the longer term.
1: Hey, Let's come back to this. We've got a break for um, sponsor messages, but I want to put a cap on this one. So, um, Listeners don't go away. PPC
0: Rockstars. We'll be back after we click through our sponsors.
3: Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy to use site management tools and powerful do it your way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com
4: Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands,
0: Welcome back to PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zetella.
1: And we are back with Frederic Valais. Hey, um, Frederic, when I said that uh, I wanted to put a cap on this conversation, um, what I meant was uh, I I also immediately switched the uh, bid automation back to CPA targeting, for example, at the beginning of the subsequent month. So um, am I hurting some kind of learning
2: process by doing that? No, and I don't think you're hurting the learning process. And another fact that a lot of people just don't realize is that the learning process is constantly happening in Google. So even if you're not doing smart bidding or automated bidding, but you are conversion tracking, well, Mm -hmm. Google is learning from that. Every single time a search happens, Google takes into the line they feed all the factors of that search, including the search query into the the machine learning system. And then from your conversion tracking, it knows if that specific type of conversion was the result of that click. Mm -hmm. And so it's learning and it's learning. And that's why nowadays you can actually turn on smart bidding. Um, And basically it it immediately starts working, right? Because it already has some historical data from you, from other campaigns, from others that it can make some decisions on, right? And so the volume of data that it needs um, has just been going down and down because they're getting better and better at looking at these types of conversions for these types of queries and kind of figuring it out. Um, And so my point is that even if you're switching the type of automated bidding, while the learning is still happening in the background, so if you now just shift kind of the, the methodology of what you're prioritizing, whether that's better ROAS, lower CPA, more conversions, more clicks, Right. The machine learning behind it, it's still there. The data is there. It's just changing the effective bid it sets to help you achieve your goal.
1: Wow, that's fascinating. I had no idea. Okay, something related. Um, when I start a new campaign, uh, let's say it's a display campaign, and um, Google, by default, sets the bidding strategy to enhance CPC, ECPC, um, I always change that to manual because of the fact that, uh, notwithstanding what you just said, since there has been no history at all for that particular campaign, um, I don't understand how any algorithm could uh, start to guess at the correct combination of factors to predict that a that a visitor will convert. So is that superstition too, or is that any any uh, truth in
2: that? No, and no, listen, I think there's truth in that as well, and it's just you know your goals and Google's goals and your view of the world and Google's view of the world are very different. Um, so Google might say, well, hey, listen, if we spend a thousand dollars to figure out what really works for this campaign, not that much money, right? but then you talk to your client and they're like, well, a thousand dollars, that's a thousand dollars. Like you better give me some conversions or I'm going to pull the plug on that campaign and that uh, strategy. And so there's a little bit of that mismatch. Like it's very difficult to communicate to Google how much you're willing to risk for the sake of learning. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why it's oftentimes makes sense to do what you're doing, which is take the control, uh, but also be really strategic about it. Right. Because nowadays any advertiser can really come into Google and say, here's my, Budget, go ahead and do automated bidding. Here's my website, go and figure out the keywords and do a lot of broad matches. And so, yeah, the system will figure it out, but it's going to take time. It's going to yeah. take effort and cost to get there. And if you can come in and you say, well, oh, we've worked with a client kind of like you before, and we know these are the types of keywords that have worked well, and this is the landing page that supports the sale, blah, blah, blah. Um, and now you can avoid having to spend thousands of dollars in learning costs. That's a huge benefit to the client, and that's where your value comes in. Good point.
1: So as I'm thinking about it, if I create a new campaign within an account that has been running for a while, relating back to what you said a few minutes ago, uh, is there some good conversion information in the system that would enable ECPC to work
2: right out of the gate? It would know, right? So if you'd run search campaigns in the past, going on to a display campaign it would actually immediately start using what it already knew um, and everything's interconnected right like when it comes to data so you know then uh, sure you're going on the display network so google might not know exactly who the user is but they might see signals about oh well the type of user who's converted on your search campaign tends to like these kinds of websites and tends to read these types of articles um, and so they start making some assumptions based on that right, right. and then and then the other thing is that the, the more aggressive that they increase or the more aggressively they increase the bid, they tend to do that when they have a higher confidence that it's actually going to lead to a positive outcome. Um, but, but now you go into talking about different verticals, right? If you're in the legal space where the CPCs are already exorbitantly expensive, and then imagining that they're going to bid that up three times higher, just because of eCPC, like that's scary, right? I don't want to pay $300 for a click just yep. to go and experiment. Uh, whereas if I'm in a space where my PCs are 20 cents, 30 cents, great, you know, to throw a couple hundred dollars at it and maybe do that experiment and figure it out for me.
1: Yeah, now that I think of it, uh, it also depends somewhat, at going back to the fact that, that I'm talking about uh, display campaigns, it also depends to some extent, on the targeting method. So if, there's, if you're using in-market or custom intent targeting, then you might be able to trust the algorithms to make or, or to get to that uh, uh, initial efficiency point sooner.
2: Exactly. And then keep in mind that, of course, the more narrowly you're targeting to people who are more likely to buy, the more expensive that clicks is going to be because everybody should be competing yes. for that exact same traffic. And then, so I, I didn't want to say it earlier, but when you said like you went on the maximize clicks, automated bidding strategy, yep. like fundamentally, I don't really like it in most cases. Right. And I don't like <laughs> it because my assumption, <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> and our assumption that you're probably is that listen, the reason that a click gets to be really cheap, well, the backing up, if you say my goal is to maximize clicks for a given budget, well, the way to most clicks for a given budget is to get the cheapest clicks possible. The reason a click is really cheap is because there's not a lot of competition for that click in the auction. The reason there's not a lot of competition is because the smart advertisers who measure conversions know that these clicks don't convert typically, right? So basically what you're telling Google with a maximize clicks strategy is I'm willing to buy all the remnant stuff that the smart advertisers don't care for. Right. Um, and usually it's a risky strategy to take though, like in the way that you're using it, it could actually help you discover new pockets of, uh, you know, high quality traffic. Mm
1: -hmm. How do you feel about, um, optimized for impression share?
2: (laughs) Honestly, I don't think about that. (laughs) Yeah. You heard me say that. I also don't think about that much. Um, i mean listen so it's a bit of a branding play right so Uh, yes even with target cpa and target roas like i would caution people that these are still not business metrics right the board in their quarterly earnings call is not talking about oh we had a cpa of 20 dollars they're talking about profits and number of customers they Uh acquired and so cpa is like that, that intermediate metric towards helping you achieve the the broader business goals of profitability and growth. Um, I think too many advertisers, they look at some of these individual metrics that they've been using for so long in the industry, and that becomes to them the holy grail of everything, but they forget that it's not a business metric. And so I've literally talked to people who said, well, okay, we took over an account from a client. It was e-commerce. And when we took the account over, they had a 400% return on ad spend. And so the boss of that company said, okay, well, a new agency, you guys have to hit a 450% return on ad spend. So, a slightly better return on ad spend. And they spent six months doing that. And like they did, they, they hit the goal. And the boss is happy, the client is happy. Right. But the agency starts wondering they're like, actually, if we were a little bit more aggressive and not making quite as much profit on every sale, we could actually grow your revenue quite a bit. We'd actually produce more overall profit for the company. So why is it that you have a 450% ROAS goal? And nobody had asked that question when that relationship started, right? But but eventually they go and ask the question and the client is like, well, because the last agency performed at 400%. So we just figured you got to do better. And that's it. But there was no business thinking behind it. And that's the risk, right? So uh, with CPA, with ROAS, like what are these toggles and and then what are these knobs really controlling and even when people say hey we're doing automated bidding well what's being automated is the conversion from your cpa or roas goal into a cost per click that google needs for it to do its auction the ad auction right but it's not automating driving profits it's not automating growing your business right and that's where we still have to come in and and then even setting the dials, like saying, "Oh well, we're going to have a huge sale next weekend, uh, so maybe we want to set a seasonality bit adjustment," yeah. or "We just got a whole new shipment of X, Y, and Z, and we need to put up a new campaign for that, and that campaign because it's newer inventory maybe needs to have a different target CPA." Right? right. There's so many things that we still need to control, and it's like that last step of calculating the CPC that's now automated but there's a lot of work we still have to do on these campaigns to make them as efficient as possible.
1: So true. Hey, hold on for just a second. We're going to take another break and listeners don't go away.
0: PPC rock stars. We'll be back after we click through our sponsors.
3: Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training, a weekly podcast for you or your company, distribution to almost every podcast portal, an embeddable player for your website an ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts, and much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm.
0: TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. The pursuit of PPC continues. Welcome back to PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella,
1: And we're back with Frederic Vallets going into the last couple minutes of the show. My favorite guests are always the ones where we run out of time too fast. I'm surprised that it's mm-hmm. over so quickly. Um, so kudos to you. Um, Thank you. And in addition, uh, this is the portion of the show where I want—I always ask you, what's new in Optimizer?
2: Yeah, so lots of stuff going on with Optimizer. We've added a whole bunch of new engineers, more support people, um, companies growing really nicely. And we're still bootstrapped, profitable. So that means we can actually build the capabilities that our customers ask for, which has been really fun. Uh, But right now, we have a new system called Blueprints. Uh, Blueprints is basically a workflow. So if you're an agency or you've got a bigger in-house team and you have a bunch of PPC-related tasks that you want to make sure get done on a a certain schedule, we can now help you with that. We can actually put those tasks in front of the right people at the right time. So you're using our technology that makes the recommendations, but we're also making sure that you don't forget to look at a certain component of an account um, on whatever schedule you think is important. That's one we've added Amazon integration. So Amazon ads, you can now manage through the rule engine capability that we have. Uh, The rule engine is now also available for Bing ads. So Bing obviously has automated bidding, but if you still want to control some of the levers yourself, even on top of automated bidding, you can do that through the rule engine. One of my favorite things that you can do in the rule engine, and this is not really a new capability, but it's a new thing um, in these COVID times that's been interesting is uh, is like look at gaining queries. So when the world went haywire a couple of months ago, all of a sudden in uh, the travel space, there were a lot of searches for cancellations of trips. Um, And so a lot of companies didn't actually have negative keywords for cancellation because that just was never a big part of what they were seeing. Uh, But we have these rule engine capabilities where you can literally say, look at queries, searches that have been happening at a much higher frequency in the last week than the week before it, and just flag them for me and look at the performance metrics automatically. And if necessary, (laughs) make them a negative keyword. Uh, Or on the flip side, we can actually tell you which queries have started disappearing for you. And so now you can say, did we change something in the business? Is there something in the market that's causing this? Um, And so it's purely that intelligence that makes you a better informed advertiser. Um, That's hugely valuable. And then, of course, if you wanted to automate some action where it's it's fairly, um, you know, well-prescribed what you would typically do in that scenario, you can always automate that as well with our tool. Nice. Um, And that kind of speaks to the whole concept of automation layering, which is the fact that, listen, Google and Bing, they're going to automate the really complicated machine learning stuff. and, And we shouldn't try to compete against them on that but there's a lot of stuff that we still the accounts to make them just that much better, despite all the automation that the engines are doing. And those are the types of things you can do with the rule engine and the optimizations from uh, tools like optimizer. Nice.
1: Well, um, we are right at the end. I am going to wish you continued success. Uh, it's very encouraging to hear you as well. You're still growing, uh, despite the, uh, the downturn in, in, uh, the pandemic uh, results and, and the economy.
2: Yeah. And, and if I can say something on that, and uh, stop me if we're running out of time here, right? But okay. I think we're fortunate to work in an industry where, I mean, I'm in the Bay Area and I, like everything right now is moving online. Like when the store shut down, you have to do e commerce. When you cannot meet in person, you have to do Zoom. When mm-hmm. you cannot go to the gym, you have to get a Peloton bike, right? So it's everything yeah. that's technology, that's internet, that's growing. And that's exactly where we help people be successful right. and that's where you as a digital marketer as an agency like i mean i hope to god that most of your customers stay in business and figure this out but at the end of the day like it's, it's kind of on us to help them make that transition yes. and help the local businesses that might be struggling like how do you have a game plan to get online and actually survive right. because that's what we're good at and so i see this as a real growth opportunity for us as an industry. Um, and, you know, the, the best that we can be as good people to help our fellow citizens uh, who might not be in as fortunate a position, I think that's really important. And that's part of the reason, too, why we're doing the PPC Town Hall yes. is because we just think like right now people need information. Like you said, the paid search organization and the virtual conference they put on, that was great because people crave this content, especially in times like this. Um, and so the more we can do to put that out there, uh, you know, that's, that's really something we're focused on.
1: Totally agreed. Hey, thanks again, Fred. Um, Looking forward to having you on next time.
2: My pleasure. Thanks for having me, David. Always good talking to you.
1: You too. And listeners, always good talking with you too. And uh, join us in about two weeks for another episode of PPC Rockstars.